0: With COVID-19 impacting cruising, aviation, the stock market and our daily lives in general, it's been a massive week for the Australian travel
1: industry. I'm Bruce Piper, publisher of Travel Daily, Cruise Weekly, Business Events News and Travel Bulletin.
0: And I'm Anna Piper and this is Travel Daily News on the Fly, your weekly run-through of all the latest travel industry news. So with COVID-19, there seems to have been such a focus on cruising. What's the story there?
1: Look... Cruising, you know, it's just been a night after night of bad news about cruising, starting with the really unfortunate situation on Diamond Princess off the coast of Japan. Um, You know, clearly no one really knew how to manage things, and then we were just hit with night after night of stories of the ongoing dramas on board, and things have only gotten worse since then.
0: And how has that all unfolded?
1: Look, we've seen Aussies stranded off the coast of South America and in other countries, unable to get off ships because countries have closed their ports. And there have been quite a few knee-jerk reactions locally too. Not least, of course, because of Ruby Princess, which has been identified as the source of many local infections. But that's, there's also been plenty that have come in by plane. And just in the last week, we've seen authorities in Western Australia and New South Wales block entry to cruise ships, leading to the, yesterday the unprecedented order that PO's Pacific Explorer should leave Australian waters. Despite, you know, it's an Australian ship homeporting out of Sydney and having had no cases whatsoever of COVID-19 infections on board.
0: So what does that mean? What's the impact of all this?
1: I just feel like the cruise sector has become the whipping boy for the whole crisis. Look, it's clear that the infections in Australia are mainly related to international travel, and so the closures of the borders are necessary, and so far it seems to be working. But just because people have come in on planes, we're not hearing the police order Qantas to leave the country. Anyone in the travel industry knows the huge part that cruising plays – And the fact that this one sector is being singled out and demonised, I think, is just terrible.
0: So what now? Where do we go?
1: Look, I think the industry has a role to play to raise awareness of the local involvement and importance of cruising. Mainstream media, officials and politicians, they just seem to think that cruise companies can just sail away into the sunset and that'll remove this pesky nuisance from our ports. We all need to be talking to our local members, our friends on social media, anyone who will listen and point out just how totally unfair it is that this one sector is being targeted. Look, it's really unfortunate that cruise ships have been impacted with these COVID-19 infections, but you've got to remember that the operators did follow all the protocols that were in place at the time. You know, it's, it's a learning experience for the whole of society. In a situation like this, I think also we want to claim control by having someone to blame. It's kind of like hoarding toilet paper. It's totally irrational, but it makes you feel like you're doing something. Cruising and travel are not to blame for this crisis, and the more that we can get the message out that a huge sector of the economy's livelihoods have been decimated, the better. I also just want to mention the situation with Holland America, and in particular its ship, the Zaandarm, which is currently on its way to Fort Lauderdale after finally being allowed to pass through the Panama Canal. There are Aussies on board, and this ship has been repeatedly turned away from multiple ports despite having infection on board. And in fact, four passengers have died. Are we just going to turn our back on these people and let them die at sea? What is wrong with us? Our leaders need to step up and lead, show some compassion and common decency. And that also applies to the ships that are currently docked off the coast of Australia too.
0: Yeah, it's all pretty terrible. We'll be back in a moment with more headlines. Stay with us. Today's episode of News on the Fly is brought to you by Travel Bulletin. Despite the challenges faced by the travel industry due to the coronavirus pandemic, a greater challenge may be looming once normality resumes. Sustainability is a vital issue that the industry needs to address to enable future travellers to enjoy this incredible planet. That's why the April issue of Travel Bulletin focuses in on sustainability in our special green issue, Out Now. Head to travelbulletin.com.au to read the edition. Well, let's talk about the stock market. Since the COVID-19 pandemic all sort of started, we've seen a huge impact on share prices, with any company linked to travel in particular hit really hard. What's happened and what does this mean for the travel industry?
1: Look, I think that for all of us, including Travel Daily, the speed that the situation has escalated has come as a major shock. Remember, it's only a couple of weeks since Scott Morrison imposed a Level 3 travel warning on the whole world, and you know that was totally unprecedented. Since then, that's really escalated you know, to a total ban, and it's hitting everyone really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen all of the listed travel and tourism companies announce profit warnings, and in recent days, that's become even worse. Flight Centre has suspended trading in its shares, along with Webjet and Virgin Australia. Webjet was one of the first to move, and yesterday they announced a successful capital raising, which should help to tide the company over. But at an incredibly low price of just $1.70 per share, that was about, a tenth of, or about an eighth of the price it was a few weeks ago. And while Webjet reckons it's now got enough money to tide it over, there are also some dark clouds in its announcement, including suggestions that it's having trouble collecting debts from major customers, some of whom are, of course, some of the world's biggest travel companies.
0: Well, there's a lot to unpack there. So let's start with Flight Centre. What's, what's the story there?
1: Well, look, Flight Centre initially reacted to the COVID-19 crisis by announcing the closure of hundreds of shops and, you know, some cost-saving measures, but many within the business had long expected that to happen as part of an already planned transformation process. But then, within a few days, just as everything ground to a complete halt, the company's shares dived to less than $10, which I think was the trigger for the board to, to get them suspended from trading. And after that, Flight Centre announced many more cuts, including stand-downs, layoffs of of about 6,000 people globally, an estimated um, 250 shops closing, uh, 3,800 of those people based in Australia, the closure of the Universal Traveller brand, which was launched only about a year ago, replacing student flights. And the company's also talking to landlords about um, cutting its leases and reviewing all of its spending. Um, I've read some reports saying um, flight is working to sell buildings, and estimates it needs between 200 million and 400 million to see it through the crisis.
0: And what about the airlines then?
1: Well, I mean it's just brutal for the airlines. Um, Qantas and Virgin in New Zealand all, you know, practically grounded. Um, they're all really hurting. So, but some airlines have got big cash reserves or supporting supportive government shareholders. Um, Singapore Airlines has very successfully raised, I think, $21 billion, which is really going to help to tide it over. But the whole aviation sector is just in an absolute bind over this. And the case of a carrier like Virgin Australia, which has reported loss after loss in recent years, um, they suspended their trading and they've apparently asked the government for assistance to the tune of $1.4 billion. Of course, Qantas says that's not fair, wants its slice of the action too. It's all pretty grim, and it's difficult to believe that some airlines across the globe won't fall over without significant help.
0: So what other big things have sort of happened in the industry this week?
1: Oh, look, you know, everywhere, every day there's news after news. Um, look, I think one of the biggest things earlier in the week was ScoMo announcing the JobKeeper payments. I think that's a real game changer. Uh, $750 per week paid by the government Uh, to try to keep people in jobs. I think some of the earlier stimulus packages were a bit more targeted at short-term support of people rather than keeping them working. Look, we're yet to see the detail and if everything will pass through Parliament intact, but I think that was a major piece of good news. And I think that's really great for the industry because it's going to have a key role in holding up consumer confidence, which, as we all know, is a real key to people's long-term travel planning. Um, there was also something interesting in a report yesterday about changes to carbon emissions due to this downturn. Obviously, with airlines grounded around the world, um, the aviation industry has got much lower carbon emissions, not to mention factories shut down and um, you know, the whole industrial economy being impacted. Of course, a cut in greenhouse gases of 50% in one year, which is what this report estimated just for aviation, is very significant, but it's also difficult to count that as really good news given that it's coming at such a massive cost to individuals and the economy. The same report, interestingly, also suggested there might be some long-term impacts on business travel because now that we're all forced to work from home, we're all becoming more familiar with video conferencing and Zoom. Only time will tell, but I suspect that the impact might be a bit overstated. We're all going to be really sick of just meeting behind a screen by the time this is all over.
0: Well, if we're honest, it's all a, a bit rubbish for the travel industry right now. It all seems like all the news is very doom and gloom. So is there anything, kind of to finish on a lighter note, is there anything good that you can see coming out of all of this?
1: Oh, look, there have been some hilarious memes, um, <laughs> but yeah, more seriously, there have been some amazing examples of where the industry is banding together to look after one another Um, We've been supporting the Industry Survive and Revive sessions um, run by Richard from the Travel Industry Hub and Melissa from CNM Recruitment. Um, They have been really excellent, but they're just one of many initiatives that are underway. Um, And, you know, I would call out Helena Taylor. You know, there's all sorts of things going on to support people. Um, I just want to encourage everyone to just keep looking out for one another. I think with wave after wave of bad news, it's all pretty depressing I did really like a comment by um, Torsten Hagen from Viking Cruises the other day where he said that he really likes facts. There's always the temptation to turn on the news, but he said, I don't think it's healthy for the mind to have a constant barrage of negative images. So let's think about what is good. Let's look after each other. And if we have an opportunity to be kind to someone, let's take it.
0: Thanks, Bruce. And thanks for listening, everyone. Keep up to date with your daily newsletters from Travel Daily and Cruise Weekly. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We'll be back next week with more news on the fly.